0: Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. So the next person we're speaking, uh, we're going to hear speak is um, Phil Spencer. He's based in the UK. He's a police inspector with Cleveland police. Um, and I think there's a Cleveland police in America as well, but this is the UK one. He's got a very different accent than Americans. Um, he's a mind blue light inspector. So mind is a charity and um Anya's going to put the link into the comments, into the chat. If you're in the UK, you can access them. So um, Mind is a, chari- is a mental health charity, and the Blue Light program is actually specifically for emergency services. And he's the Mind Blue Light Inspector and the National Police lead on that. And I'm going to play you his video. Oops, clicked on the wrong button. I'm going to play you his video now.
1: My name is Inspector Phil Spencer from Cleveland Police. Um, nearly 20 years service in. Dominantly frontline but currently at the moment my job title is well-being and blue light inspector or coordinator um, and that's basically trying to support, look after our staff, our police officers and colleagues with their mental and physical health, two of my sergeants went off, uh, different mental health issues one was, uh, one ended up with PTSD and one ended up uh, work-related stress and, and at that point, I mean bear in mind this was six, seven years ago Didn't know what to do, out of shame, I suppose, embarrassment. It was really difficult, Um, knowing to say the right things, what to say, support, advise, just listen, be there. And I just, I was just, these two great people, great blokes, great cops, just felt the bits in front of me, disintegrated. And I wasn't having it, I I needed to learn for myself. And I just thought, this isn't right, this, we need to do something. Um, At that point, I'd had about 15 years in, and it was just the job. You just got on with it. It didn't matter what you, what you saw, what you went to, what you dealt with, just um, part of the job. Um, you went to some awful scene, but then 10 minutes later, you were going to another job, no time to process, no kind of support at the time, um, because we were just, that was it. We had this shield, we had these uniforms expected to get on with it. So as a police officer, police inspector, as a bloke, as a dad, just coming to work, putting the uniform on, brave face, that's what we do. That is what we do. You know, leading my team, showing no signs of weakness, going home, taking the uniform off, stepping back into that line at home, just being dad or Phil, felt a bit. Could not, could not deal with it. I know that a lot of officers and staff and emergency services are probably the same. Something's going on at, at home and they bottle it up, they bottle it up, they keep it in there somewhere because we know we have to come to work and be that professional, that strong person and show no signs of weakness in front of your team, especially when you're a supervisor. Um, and I've just seen it. So to sum all that up, I just think we can't, we need, I'm, I'm sick of seeing people, not just in police, but emergency services, just thought a bit with no support. I've seen what isn't available over the years. We've never known so much about the brain as in the last 15 years, particularly the and brain. Because there's not one person in policing or in services that is not affected by trauma. So it's how do we deal with it? How do we cope with it? And what's what's historically gone on? It's in there somewhere, going around, not processed. When people retire, they're retiring ill, and that's when they turn the drink or turn the whatever. Um, we need people to retire healthy. Unfortunately, with suicide, um, with the research and stats that it's saying that every, every two weeks, every two weeks, a police officer or police member of staff has taken their own life. It's not good enough. One is not good enough. One per year is not good enough. It's got to be zero in policing. Uh, sickness levels have always been 80% the physical side of it, 20% psychological side of it. And that's actually not the case. It's because people have not been over the last few years. People have not been feel self enough to say the reasons why that they're actually bowling because they've got depression or they're struggling with trauma. So then levels have started balancing out now, which is really good. Don't get it's not it's not it's not it's not good that people are still bowling, but it's great that people are actually being honest and saying actually I haven't got a bad leg. I haven't got a bad knee. I've got severe depression, I've got trauma, I'm getting flashbacks because people are honest. We can get them the right support and hopefully get them right for themselves first and then get back to work. Information request by a media a couple of years ago, again, all police forces, that physical illnesses had only, only gone up 4%. Psychological illnesses, 78%. When you think about that, that's a lot. And that was two years ago. So can you imagine when when anything research done and stats done after COVID, that's going to shoot up. So, like I said, it's 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 always been here. It's always been here for 200 years, but it's only now that people are recognizing, do you know what? Cops and emergency services are just like us. We're humans. We we cry. We have emotions um, and we need to look after each other a little bit. And and that's what we're trying to create here. It's like we have to do our physical first aid training every year, refresh it, mandatory. Um, you know, put a sling on, put a sling on, do your resuscitation on a dummy, put a ring ring bandage on heads and, and stuff and uh, put a pen on your palm and, and whatever. We have to do that and write your stuff because we you know, occasionally do But we've never had anything about mental health, about ourselves. Yes, we, we talk a little bit about the public and the, the Mental Health Capacity Act, the 135, the 136, etc. but we've never had anything, information, training, about looking after ourselves, you know, and that's not selfish. And I don't think any forces should see that as being selfish. We've got to look after us. And it's not, it's not, it's not hard. If we look after our valuable assets, as in police officers and police staff, Course, everything that we do out there to protect vulnerable people and communities is going to be so much better because we are in a better place physically and mentally i was coming to work in my uniform looking after my team and it was dead easy dead easy because i had that uniform on and i'm a police inspector and everyone looked up to me and i, I could sign support in their health or physical or whatever dead easy went home took that uniform off and absolutely fell to bits just couldn't deal with it
0: took that uniform off and absolutely fell to bits couldn't deal with it very very impactive statement so phil was sick of people of seeing people fall apart suicide rate one of the every other week here in the uk now with suicide rates we need to be very careful because we're not actually gathering them properly so all of them are incorrect to some extent. Um, sickness levels are actually mainly about mental health and mental health, ill health has risen much more than physical ill health. Ginny, any comments?
2: Yeah, I think that was yet another powerful segment. And it's great to see someone of rank uh, again, just like James did, putting themselves out there and explaining their their own um, challenges with mental health and I would totally get the putting on the uniform because when you put on the uniform suddenly become invincible because you begin to play that role so the human being goes away again but you're right when that uniform comes off and it's time for the human being it's a disaster and, and talking about the suicide figures um, I know that in 2019 uh, Blue Help which is a, a, an American organization recorded that there were more deaths by suicide amongst police officers than there were Uh, Officers killed on duty. So that's 228 officers died as a result of suicide because of their job. Criminal.
1: So I I coordinate the Blue Light Programme, Mind Blue Light Programme within Cleveland Police, and I suppose locally and regionally and and a bit nationally as well. So we are trying to create, um, and a lot of other people are, and organisations are trying to create a safer environment for their staff and colleagues to reach out and ask for help. It's about early prevention um, and early intervention, because a lot of us would just it's just our job, that's how I'm supposed to feel. We are going to some abnormal events daily, traumatic events daily, and we just think it's normal, but it's not, you know, stats and research, etc. General members of public, would 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 be um would see or deal with four traumatic incidents in their lifetime four traumatic incidents police officers police staff emergency services between 600 to 800 traumatic incidents now that's a lot of trauma but historically that's just our jobs get on with it but i think now it's finally recognized and realized that it's not just a job we are humans too this is our lives we need to understand and how to deal with trauma, process it a little bit more, to be able to keep people safe and keep people healthy and well at work. So yeah, I'm a warranted cop, um, but dealing with what's traditionally, I suppose, been a police staff role or another emergency services staff role. But we're hoping, or I'm hoping as well, that there's some credibility, um, because I've I've seen, been there, seen it, done it type of thing. Um, I've dealt with it as a PC dealt with it as a sergeant, I've dealt with it as inspector for myself, but more importantly, seen the aftermath of my team, tried to support my team, and have been to an amount of incidents, if, if that makes sense. So there's nobody in the policing world could point at me and say, well, what do you know about this because you haven't done it? Well, actually I have. And I think that's the credibility. I think that's what's kind of a little bit working for us. At Cleveland, we've got um, nearly 150 Blue light champions, mind blue light champions. So um, they all got their day jobs. So that could be a detective sergeant, a, and then a response inspector, a, a police manager, police staff, driver training, front desk. It matters not. Rank has no structure within well-being in the blue light program. Okay, so, got nearly 150 blue light champions who all do their day job, but be a blue light champion, voluntary, because they want to support their colleagues about their mental and physical and wellbeing, uh, about the mental health as well. So I coordinate all of them. I do training with them. So when the Blue Light Programme was first around, I was lucky enough to do a train the trainer course with them. So I can deliver courses so about the Blue Light Programme and how to look after people with the mental health in, in policing, recognize the signs, et cetera. Another part of my job is, and again, we're kind of, again, looking. I suppose, we're one of the first forces in the country to be delivering uh, bespoke first aid mental health training. So myself and the, one of the counsellors. so it's a great combination, you know, we're, we're very different. I'm a police inspector, a police officer. Amy is a force counselor in um, in-house force counsellor but we still have the same message. So we are delivering mandatory training. So everybody will have it at some point and it's just going to be day-to-day business and and everybody will have it. Everyone will have to do a refresher. So at the moment we're doing all supervisors. They're doing a two-day, first-day mental health um, training, all off-qual accredited. So it's that gives people a little bit more understanding about different illnesses how to signpost, how to start a supportive conversation, how to keep people safe if they're in immediate crisis. Um, and we give them an opportunity to, to, to show what's available, internally or externally. We actually don't care where people go for help, as long as you go for help, if you need help. You know, yes, we've got an internal department, we've got a fab wellbeing team, that we have occupational health nurses, we have two force counselors full time in house can get pretty much immediate support, but we're not naive enough to think some of our staff and, and, and officers won't want to come internally because of previous years gone by or they, they don't want to disclose anything that's confidential. And that's absolutely fine because there's loads of stuff out there. Police treatment centres, Police Care UK, Just Be, Samaritans, you name it, there is loads of external organisations for emergency services That yeah, So we've got to we've got to break that stigma, we've got to reach people that before they get to that point, they can reach out and ask for help and ask and ask. And if we can create this safe environment with more blue light champions, more first aid mental health, more trim practitioners, everything like that, then the more opportunity we'll, we'll have of, of, of serving. And as dramatic as it sounds, all of them people have just said, they could save somebody's life by just listening to somebody to reach out for help. So we do stuff like that. We do what's called a wellbeing Wednesday when we can when COVID's gone. It's basically a drop in surgery. We just go around different headquarters within our organization where anybody can come and speak to us, come and speak to the nurses, come and speak to the counselors, come and speak to me, come and speak to a couple of blue light champions. We just need to open it up so people feel confident A lot of our guest speakers are men, strong men who are in uniform, who will turn up and quite happy just tell their story. And you can hear a pin drop. It is nothing better than listening to one of our own in uniform, getting up in front of an audience and just telling their lived experience. And it's absolutely amazing. We have created such a better environment over the last five years. And the feedback we get, you know, all the feedback about courses is the best part of the course. Is listening to that cop in uniform. Used to be in dog section, for example, for fourteen years. Thought it was hard as nails. He comes and tells his story, and it's just, and that's the, the you know we, we get messages saying just thanks. Just it's really good to see that a lot of people are now coming up and just talking about stuff.
0: So that's very interesting. So I think this is one of the only places where I actually think it's better to have or it's it's very important to have a male heading this up because it needs to be shown that this is not all pink and fluffy. And I don't usually say this, but I think in order to identify with them, we need to show them those strong men who talk about their mental health. Ginny? Yeah,
2: I think it's great. I think Phil and his team are doing a fantastic job Um the fact that they're rolling out mental health first aid training is fantastic and that it's going to be compulsory for everyone um it absolutely goes with with how i feel and there is nothing greater uh that can get a message across than someone who can speak about their own life experience uh particularly if they've done the job i think it's great
0: thank you for listening i hope you found this content useful you can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page, you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.